You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Now everyone, it's time to spread a bit of movie cheer. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast, the show for movie fans. I am your host AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and on today's edition of the Movie Cheer Pod, I will be discussing, well, discussing the topic of the biggest movie sequels never made, or movie sequels that had big teasers for a sequel, but they never got put into production, they never were made, they were never filmed, they don't exist. That is going to be today's headline topic. I've got four movies uh, that, you know, four sequels that I feel like they should have been made and they were teased heavily in a, a, movie, a movie previous, um, but they were never, never came to be. And that will be today's headline topic. But before we get to today's juicy headline topic, we're going to start off with a section of the show, a segment of the show even, called What's Been on the Screen. Ooh, what's been on the screen? What's been on the screen? What have I been watching over this past week? Well, I'm going to start off with a movie, and the movie is Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Bad Bunny in there, directed by David Leach, who directed Deadpool 2. Uh, He was like the co-director for the first John Wick movie. Uh, He did Atomic Blonde, Hobson Shaw... Big, big director, you know, for these action movies. And this is one I've been really wanting to watch for a while, this one, um, this uh, Bullet Train movie. So it came out last year. It's an action comedy starring Brad Pitt. And I, I will say, I put in my notes to this. I watched this today, this movie. And I put in my notes of, like, every movie I've watched this year, 2023. I'm keeping, keeping notes now and saying, just putting a little short uh description of what I thought of the movie I give it like a two thumbs up out of five so that kind of like assesses where I am with it I always think though you know you can always go back and you can always change it you know it could be a five-star movie on a second watch but I I put in it saying exciting movie trailer because I thought the trailer for the the movie looked amazing it looked super exciting and like it looked like a, like a five star movie, you know what I mean? It looked it looked amazing, um, the trailer. And you know, I, I think kudos to people who cut trailers. Sometimes they can cut it and make it look a lot better than it was. And that's not to say this movie was a bad movie because I will get to that. Uh, but the trailer was, I thought the trailer really looked a lot better. And I, I suppose it's one of those things where they put a lot of the best moments of the movie in the trailer. And you got to the movie and it just wasn't quite what I was expecting because I think I was so pumped from seeing that trailer. I was like really excited to see this movie. But um yeah, watched it and uh, you're probably saying, well why why you were so excited. Why did why did you wait a whole like six months for it to, <laughs> to watch it? Yeah. You're a you're a hypocrite movie chair. Well you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe I am. Um but yeah um I watched it today and I just I couldn't get into it. It was well first of all I say it, it was a 30 look 
I can't I kind of did like it and I didn't like it. It was one of those where it was a decent movie, but I felt like it was a really like a slow starter. So it was like a good felt like a good thirty minutes before it for me that it really started to kick in and started getting a bit more enjoyable. And the end just felt like it was a bit. It felt like it so for the it felt like for me it was maybe like twenty minutes too long. And the end just went a bit like, <laughs> maybe a bit too wacky in the end. I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking this movie. But but then I'm looking back at it and I'm thinking, you know what, it wasn't actually that bad as well. I thought, you know, it was a decent movie. Um, but again, it's one of the things where the expectation of the trailer were, I expected a lot more. But also, it wasn't like the world's worst movie. Like I said, if it was the world's worst, it would have got a two, like a one thumbs up from me. Uh, I think the highlights of this, though, there's some, I think, do you know, I think the highlight of it was the character work with a lot of the characters in it, but the story was just a bit, like, bland. Um, basically, it's a bunch of assassins on this bullet train in Japan, and they're all, like, all these different assassins and other characters are on this this bullet train, and the stories all kind of intertwine, and then it kind of bit like Pulp Fiction sort of, like, vibe. But not quite Pulp Fiction. Not like it's a linear story, not non-linear. But they're all interweaved, all these characters somehow, some, and it sort of like all comes to this uh, big ending, this big sort of ending where all the characters' um, stories kind of like interact, even though they're interacting throughout the story. But yeah, it was. Um, where am I going with this? The characters, the the character work. I feel like the characters were the best thing about it rather than the actual story because the story was just like Ugh, it's it's not great is it? it's a bit boring but the character were i think mainly aaron taylor johnson and the guy who played his brother i can't remember i don't know the guy's name but it's, they were called um lemon and tangerine in this movie that they were like the the names in the movie and the two like these two guys from london and I think they're both, I'm pretty sure Aaron Taylor Johnson's an American guy. And I think the, the other guy who plays his brother is also American. But they, you know, they they kind of remind me of like a Guy Ritchie villain comedy duo. Like a, like really silly hitmen in this story. And they, they were very funny and their characters were really, really good. And the backs, I like the backstory and the way they, just the, like the... I mean, one, one of the brother, I can't remember, the, the, I think the, guy, the character is called Lemon, Lemonade. And he keeps on going on about Thomas the Tank Engine. And he has a sticker book of all these different Thomas the Tank Engine characters. And he says, like, you're a Thomas or you're a you're a diesel. And he sort of like assesses people's characters and stuff. And he's like compares them to a character from Thomas the Tank Engine and he puts like a sticker on them. And it, it's just really silly, but it's like a little quirk I really like with the characters. Uh Brad Pitt's character as well. He you know, he's not like your average uh, he's like this hitman, hitman type character. He's going on this train, but he's uh, going on, f um, going on, going on for this job. But he's kind of like searching for peace at the end of the day. He doesn't want to. He wants to get out of this work. Really, he wants to find peace, and he just doesn't want to be doing this anymore. And he's kind of again another very interesting character in this movie. You think like his character is going to be like a maybe like a John Wick type, maybe something like that, but it's not at all like that. And I, I think that's where the, the character work is really good here. And I think, like I said, them three characters particularly really stand out to me. And I, th I think, like I said, the story is not that great. I think it's a, a bit bit obvious, it feels, at the end. It doesn't feel like it's like... There's not like a big reveal where you're like, whoa, that's, that's like mind-blowing. I didn't feel like we got that in this movie, but I felt like the characters really made up for that. And like I said, the... 
we had an exciting movie trailer. The movie was kind of like a mediocre movie, but watchable and enjoyable enough. There was some scenes in there where you're going like, yeah, that's, that was pretty cool. Some good action scenes as well. Story lets it down a bit, but the character work in here, for me, brings it up a bit more. And it gives that bit of lift. And you think, you know what? There's some of the what I can enjoy because of the great characters in there as well. And the story was pretty bland. And I think you can get that sometimes in a movie. I always, I always think it to a movie I don't really like is Goodwill Hunting. I don't like that movie, but I think Robin Williams' character is is great in that movie. I, I think his character is, is brilliant, but I just don't really like the movie. And I think you can get definitely get movies like that. I'm sure there's more more movies like that as well. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's worth a watch. Maybe this is one where I've got to give it another watch and I've, maybe I'll enjoy it a bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely got some good action scenes in there. It's a fast-paced action comedy. Um, it's, it's Some people are going to really enjoy this. And I like I said, maybe another viewing of this I'll enjoy a bit more. Uh, I wouldn't discount watching it though. Definitely worth a watch for sure. Uh, let's get to now, anyway, The Mandalorian, the latest episode of season three, was released this past week. We're going to go into spoilers a bit with this episode. So if you've not watched it, uh, maybe come back to a late point in this episode. You know, fast forward five or six minutes. Uh, so we drop into The Mandalorian now, episode three, and we've got. You know, it shows Mando, Grogu, and Bogatan after they fall into the 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 waters of Mandalore, the caves of Mandalore and the mines. And they get the water, they come out, and they basically now it's like, let's go back to the clan of Mandalorians to give them this water so we can be declared as a Mandalorian again, like Dinjar insane. And on the way out, there's like loads of uh, enemy fighter ships and they destroy Bo-Katan's like a uh, home and then they have to just go away and we have some really great scenes there's some great like um space fights there you know proper star wars battles here uh with the ships i really enjoy that some really great scenes there but then it must have been like maybe like 10 minutes in the story then goes away from all that and goes to the guy who was the clone doctor guy from episode season one, sorry, season one, the guy with the glasses, he's like the scientist, and it goes to him, and he's kind of like, he he's the guy who worked for Moff Gideon, he was like going to clone, trying to clone Grogu and all this, and it goes to him now, and he's kind of like rehabilitated, and he's now going to be joining the New Republic under this sort of like rehabilitation program, and he's working like this mundane job, doing archiving, he's no longer a scientist, but one of the officers who was working on Moff Gideon's ship is also like in this rehabilitation thing. And she sort of like um, kind of gets him to, you know, encourages him to t take up doing his research again, his cloning research. And they go onto like this, you know, this empire, old empire ship, get all this science, science equipment. And it turns out she was playing him all along and then she's like a, a, a spy for the New Republic and spying on him, like doing a double turn here. And it's a bit bit weird and I, I didn't expect that to be honest. I thought I, I didn't really see that coming. But then it shows in the end this, this clone doctor guy getting his brain wiped and he was only meant to have like a few memories wiped, but she, when the guy who's like running the protocol to wipe his memories in this like this room... She ends up turning up this like dial 
and then he gets his all his brain wiped. Oh, that's what it appears to be anyway. Maybe there's a bit of a twist and turn there. Maybe he won't lose all his memories, but maybe he's like he keeps all his knowledge of the cloning procedures and stuff like that. Which, but she is kind of like just a um, a blank slate where she can just like manipulate him. Maybe that's where it's happening. But and then at the end, it showed. Um, you know, Mando, Bo-Katan go to the rest of the Mandalorians and now they are then the cloned Mandalorian again. And it was, wow, it's like a 50, I think it was like 56 minutes or something this episode. It was a fairly long episode compared to last week. Last week's episode I felt was really short. It was kind of a filler episode. This one, I, for me now, I feel like this is it's becoming more obvious now that they are telling the wider story of this Star Wars TV universe big collaboration of other characters as well of other tv shows for instance you've got the ahsoka show coming probably other tv shows that i'm not even thinking about but like i mean there must be more crossovers coming and they've said they've already uh, written season four of the mandalorian with all these crossovers in mind so with that being you've got like the the sort of like looming threat of thrawn grand admiral thrawn in there as the big bad villain for the star wars tv universe it feels like this story with the clone doctor guy in there is kind of very much linked to all this wider storytelling. And I felt like they would, it felt to me very similar to what they did in the Book of Boba Fett with, with Luke Skywalker coming in there in that like, what was it, the second to last episode or something like that. And it was like, we went from having a full on book, like a Boba Fett TV show to what then, we had one complete episode where it was just the Mandalorian and Luke Skywalker, and it was just a Mandalorian episode, and it, that's where we're having them crossover episodes, and I feel like this is now one of these episodes very similar to that, where it is telling the wider story, and kind of like filling in the gaps for maybe the Ahsoka show, or what else comes to be with this Star Wars TV universe, and it, I'll be honest with you, I, I understand why they do it, but also at the same time, I'm like, I just want to see a Mandalorian episode. I want to see the Mandalorian doing stuff because I really enjoyed the start of this episode. But then the the in-between, it's not that I didn't like it, but it wasn't the Mandalorian. It was just basically like 20 minutes of the Mandalorian, 30 minutes of this clone doctor's story. And yeah, it takes you away from that. And I get it, they're trying to maybe they are trying to build up the future storytelling, this big, you know, crossover event they're gonna potentially do. Uh, in in these shows because that's that's what they're going to lead to isn't like this end game defender style show i imagine that's what they're going to be doing it further down the line with ahsoka maybe luke skywalker mandalorian grogu uh, a few other characters moff gideon stuff like that but yeah it just kind of takes you away from what you want to see and you, you're going in to watch mandalorian and you don't get mandalorian it's kind of a bit of a disappointment personally when you're watching that uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I imagine the next episode will be more heavy Mandalorian because they did the same with Boba Fett. You know, do the next episode, give us more Mandalorian. I'll be happy. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing that anyway. Uh, let's finish off with a film I watched this past week. Well, I watched it last week. Now I think about watched the Blades of Glory, a 2007 Will Ferrell movie uh, starring Will Ferrell, John Hader, uh, who a lot of people will know from Napoleon Dynamite. He played Napoleon Dynamite. I was thinking. Who is this guy? He looks like Kenneth from uh, 32 Rock in this. I'm sure I'm sure they're twins, M2. They look very similar. But this uh, tells the story of two figure skaters, Will, um, Will Ferrell's character and John Hader's character. And they're two arch rivals. And they basically 
they're in the Olympics and they, they're both going for gold and they both win joint gold because they, they both get like equal scores and then end up getting in a big fight with each other during the, the, up like the ceremony where they get the medals and they both get disqualified and told them ne- they can never compete in singles figure skating ever again, these two blokes. And Will Ferrell's character is kind of like a bit more like a cowboy, like hard nut character, whereas John Hader's character is very, uh, very posh, very well-mannered, and they're very polar opposite characters. But then they find out about this loophole where they can compete at like the next Olympics, but only as a doubles act, as like a duos. So they end up being like this couple ice skate, figure ice skating uh, duo, the first male and male figure skating duo and they compete at the next olympics and to me this movie is really fun it's one i i remember seeing the trailers years ago and i've seen like the covers and stuff in like the dvd aisles and whatnot and it's just it didn't really whet my appetite it's not something i really fancy watching but again i tell you this if you like anchorman if you like like napoleon dynamite uh any any sort of comedies in that like maybe like 2010s 2005 era I think you'll really like this movie. It's a really fun film. Uh, I very compare. I compare it to a lot like Kingpin. You know, this is sports comedy. Uh, it's a really funny movie. There's some great scenes, especially you got Will Arnett in there as well and Amy Poehler. Um, the end scenes when it's like they're trying to get to the ice rink are some of the very funniest moments in this movie. Especially with John Hader's character, he's like stuck in a toilet. <laughs> And he's he has to like I'll just say he's got to swallow some dirty toilet roll on the on the floor to get a key, and it's just it's a horrible scene, but it's really funny. And uh, Will Ferrell is as always very very funny in this movie. Uh, but yeah, Blade to Glory, very very funny comedy. If you're looking for a good comedy to watch, I, I'd really encourage watching this one. It's uh, well worth the watch. But that's what's been on the screen for me this past week. Uh, let's now get to today's headline topic the movie cheer podcast presents the headline topic for the episode remember to spread a head, bit head, headline topic head, head, head. Head, head, headline topic remember to spread a bit of movie cheer So today's headline topic, biggest movie sequels never made. Movies that had big teasers for a sequel, but they were never filmed. They were never put out to the world. And it's a shame because there's a lot of movies like that. And I'm I'm sure today there's going to be tons, some obvious ones that I'm missing out. But these are, I've picked out four movies. And I'm going to talk about the movies and what I think maybe we could have got in a sequel or... You know, what could have been, really? This is like one of them what could have been (laughs) episodes. Uh, So let's start off with the first movie I want to discuss. It is a 1987 movie. It's one of my favourite movies of all time, and it is Masters of the Universe. Uh, Masters of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren, um, Frank Langella. uh, Frank Langella as as Skeletor, and, you know, Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Prince Adam. Big fan of that movie. Uh, Just... You know, growing up, really enjoyed, like, big fan of Star Wars, and this was kind of like, for me, another Star Wars property. It was just another, I, I think for me as well, I can put, I 
I, I still to this day, I get a lot of stuff mixed up in my head from Masters of the Universe and and um, and Star Wars. I'm like, oh, that, I remember that happened in Star Wars, and and oh, that's that's from Masters of the Universe. I, I get confused a bit sometimes, and I think it's just because I, I I probably just watched them both a lot as a kid. But yeah, I, I love that movie. I think it's a I think a lot a lot of people now you know refer to it as a cult classic, and quite rightly, it is definitely. A, I think it's a cult classic movie. I think it's a I think it's got a lot of fans for that movie and uh, it's a shame we never got a sequel because there was such a big, big tease. And I'll tell you the story. I, well, it's a short story. Um, I, I never knew there was a post-credit scene. And this is in the 1980s where post-credit scenes weren't really a thing, were they? You know, post-credit scenes, I think a lot of us, we all think of post-credit scenes, we think they really started big time with the Marvel movies. Everyone started hearing about these post-credit scenes in, like, the Iron Man movie, and you're like, and the Incredible Hulk, and you're like, what's what's this? And then you, you realise, oh, wow, there's this extra bit of film here, which is, like, a big teaser for something else. And Masters of the Universe did that way, way earlier in 1987. So I didn't know for years. I had it on VHS, Masters of the Universe, watched it for years. And you know what? You're living in the internet era where there was... <laughs> it's like... No, no, sorry, the pre-internet era when I was watching it on VHS as a kid. Never knew there was a post-credit scene. And I bet you there was a lot of people in the same boat. But years later, even having it on DVD for years, I never knew. And I remember someone mentioned to me... I don't know if I've told this story before, but someone just mentioned to me... Um, because I, I said I was a fan of the movie, and someone said, "Oh, what do you think of the post credit scene?" I'm like, "I'm like, what? What are you on about? I, I have no idea what you're on about." And they were like, "Yeah, there's a post credit scene where, where he man <laughs> with, with with Skeletor," and I'm like, "What? I, I, get out of town! You, you, you're having a laugh." And it turns out that person was correct, and they weren't having a laugh, and there was a post credit scene. So in the post credit scene, we well prior to it. Basically, Skeletor is thrown into this pit and you think he's kind of like, he's dead, he's, he's done, done for, gone, never to be seen again. We see in a post credit scene, very short scene, about five or six seconds long, this like pool of water, like red water. And then up, up pops up Frank Langella's Skeletor and he's looking into the camera, breaking the fourth wall, looking at the audience and he says, I'll be back. <laughs> such such a cheesy line. I mean, um, I'll be back. I mean, was he was he an Arnold was he an Arnie fan? I don't know. I'll be back. So he says that line. And I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, who, who's right? Was it the filmmakers? Did they do that? Did they do that purposely thinking it was a gag at the time, or did they do it thinking, you know what, this is there will be a second movie? And I, who knows? I would love to know what what the bottom line was with that. Like, was it just a gag at the end? Just I, may, I think it's more comedy because the way he's looking, at, he's breaking the fourth wall, and it's so cheesy. And he says, "I'll be back." It just it, for me, it seems like more of a joke rather than they knew there was going to be a sequel, and then a sequel got cancelled or something. But there was that tease, and for me, in, in saying that, I think I would have loved to have seen. And Masters of the Universe too, and just having that tease there just makes you think, you know, there was something there for a sequel, and I, I would have loved to have seen a sequel that was not set on Earth, and it was more in like Eternia and more of a, a different type of movie, more of like a Star Wars 
movie, you know, like, like weird planets and stuff like that. That would have been good to see. I even think now the way they've done like the likes of that Cobra Kai spin-off. Uh, if you had a TV show, because you look at this, the majority of that main cast is still alive. Frank Langella, Dolph Lundgren, they're all still alive. You could still, to this day, do a Masters of the Universe live-action sequel, whether it be a TV show or um, or like a, a film. Either or, I think, you know, I mean, imagine it like an, an aged He-Man versus Skeletor. Skeletor Returns or something like that, and then maybe there's a big, bigger villain or something like that. I don't know, but... I would love to, even to this day, I think I would be excited to see that. It probably would be bad, but I'd I'd love to see it. I really would. But yeah, that was a big tease. We never got a movie for that. And for me, that is a big movie for me personally. Uh, Maybe not for everyone, but for me personally. Let's go to choice number two anyway. Uh, The Dark Knight Rises. 2012 now, that was released. Thoughts on this movie, look, it wasn't quite, it didn't live up to the Dark Knight for me. The Dark Knight was perfect. It was a once in a lifetime movie. Such a great experience watching it at the cinema. Dark Knight Rises, we wait a few years to see it and then comes out and it just didn't quite have that same aura of the that second movie. But I think it's, it's a shame because it, it probably is a, a decent movie on the rewatch and I've watched it a few times since. I just don't enjoy it as much. Uh, I think it's what it is a shame. It's like I, th- I think like Batman Begins was a better movie as well for me. Um, maybe it's one of them. It just it falls short because the second one was so good, and that's that's probably it. Probably isn't that bad of a Batman movie, but it just falls short because that second movie was incredible. But what did we get here? We got a tease for something else. We got a tease for could be a few things really. So in the ending moments of this movie, we have. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who plays this this cop in Gotham City, and he plays this cop character called John Blake. And in the closing moments of the movie, you think uh, Batman's gone, and then we see he turns out, you know, he's not he's not he's not dead. He, he escaped, but he leaves a package to to Joseph Gordon to John Blake. This character, John Blake, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is helping. Bruce Wayne, Batman throughout this movie. He's one of the good guys. Helped in, he's helping uh, Gordon as well throughout this story. And in the closing moments, he gets his package and it's sort of like, it must be like coordinates or something to the Batcave. So you see him like swinging into the Batcave on this harness. And he's, he, you know, he's, he's lighting a torch up. He's looking up. He's seeing bats. He's seeing water fountains. And it's like kind of like the Batcave from the first movie, not like the high-tech one underground in a crate in the second movie. It's going to like the original Batcave. And then we see in the very closing moments in the movie, he's like, it's like an aerial shot and it's like, it lifts up and he's being lifted up on like this lift. And you think, oh wow, what is next? And for me, that was a big tease for a lot of people as well. Are we going to see a Dark Knight 4? And is Joseph Gordon-Levitt going to be the new Batman? I think that's what a lot of it. And, I forgot to even mention as well, before that, when he's getting the package, he has to sign for it in his legal name. And it turns out his legal name is not, it's not John Blake, it's Robin John Blake. So a bit of a nod to, you know, Batman and Robin, uh, the Batman comics. And it was a nice touch, but we never got to see it. I think maybe it could have been a case where it would have been a Nightwing movie or him playing a, a, some sort of version of Robin. Um, or he could have played, like I said, he could have play, played Batman and just been a new, another Batman movie. But we never got it. And that was 2012 now. Obviously now it's been rebooted since with Robert Patterson. And it seems unlikely. But what? imagine this. 
could we potentially see in this new DCU they're going to do a Batman and Robin movie where Robin is the son of Batman? Could we get Joseph Gordon-Levitt maybe playing an incarnation of Batman? I don't know if they've confirmed whether it's going to be... No, I think they've actually said it's going to be Bruce Wayne. So that's, that falls flat on its backside. <laughs> but it's, it's a shame. Maybe... I always think never say never with these movies because it could always happen with like multiverse ideas where we see a Nightwing or his incarnation of Batman at some point. But it was such a big tease. And that, that was one of the moments in the movie where I thought, you know, that was really a cool moment. I like that where it's like a, a tease for something more. We never got to see it. And I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been great to see... I think as a Nightwing character, you know, like the, the, I think it was like the the character after Robin, Robin becomes Nightwing. That sort of character would have been good to see, and maybe having a new director in there, like maybe like a someone like the guy who directed John Wick, David Leach, someone like that. That could have been really a really good movie to see, uh, but it was never to be, and we never got to see that. And that again, that could have been a really big movie. Imagine the money that movie would have pulled in. I think it would have been, you no, know, essentially if they did it as. Batman 4, it would have been big numbers. Maybe a Nightwing, maybe not as much. But yeah, it would have been exciting for a lot of uh, DC fans and a lot of fans of the the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Next up, I'm going to go to a movie in 2018. And we are going to the movie Solo, a Star Wars movie. The Star Wars uh, Solo movie. Alden Einreich, is that how you pronounce his name? Playing Han Solo. And it's kind of like a bit of an origin story for for Han and Chewie. And look, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really decent movie. I actually think, for me, it's one of my favourite Star Wars movies. It's up there, really up there in like the maybe top, top three, top four Star Wars movies. I think it's a solid film. Uh, really is. like I think that and Rogue One, they really... It's a shame because I, I think Rogue One is thought of really highly. Solo, not quite so much. And I remember when I watched that and I spoke to a few people afterwards and... They were like, oh, it's not good. I was thinking, I, I really enjoyed it. I'll be honest, I really enjoyed that film. But what did we get in this movie where it was a big... Why Why is this movie one of the biggest movies with a sequel never made? Um, to me, we had a big tease at the end of the movie with the return of Darth Maul. Uh, we see him as a hologram talking to Amelia Clark's character, Kira, and, you know, all part of this, this crime syndicate. And you see... Darth Maul, the hologram, and he sort of like says to Kira to meet him at this new location and they're going to be working closely together in the future. And we see Ray Park return as the live-action form of Darth Maul. And I think it's the guy from the actual animated show this time around who voices uh, the Darth Maul characters to keep that continuity with the like the Clone Wars and all on TV shows, Rebels and all that. But it was a tease, and look, the Solo movie didn't do that well. And it's a shame, because I did, like I said, I think the guy who performed as Solo was really good, and I thought, I thought overall it was a decent movie. Not even a decent movie, a very enjoyable movie. Um, but we never got to see a sequel, and that, for me, was going to be... A sequel would have been Han Solo 2. You know, Solo 2, Darth Maul as the main villain in that. Um, or definitely one of the main villains, for sure. And it never came to be anything... Is the potential, though, still to pay off that incredible cameo at the end and to see a sequel of some sort? So they could do this a few ways. And now I know in, in Star Wars canon, he's, he, I think he, he does meet his end, doesn't he, in, in the Star Wars animated shows. I've not seen it up to that, but I've, I've, you know, I've read the ending, so, so what his ending is in that. But there's always room 
wiggle room, isn't there, with, with Star Wars. Is anyone really dead in Star Wars? Could he come back? Sure he could. Well, you could, first of all, you could do a movie set before the events of this or around the events of this, and it doesn't have to be a solo sequel. It could be a completely different movie where he features in. Or they do a solo sequel. I can't see that happening. Um, I think, if anything, we see him in maybe a Lando t- live-action TV show. And we see something like that. Or we see some sort of spin-off with Amelia Clark's character of Kira, where Darth Maul features in that. But I honestly think now, him returning would seems more possible on the TV show, TV show side of things. So I think maybe I would get like confused with the timeline. So I think it would be like the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show timeline. Would he still be alive in that? And would that sort of line up with, around the same time? Maybe I think that would be a few years later wouldn't it so i don't know how it would turn yeah because like obi-wan kenobi was set a couple of years before the solo movie because i'm pretty sure so i it's it's hard to say but i, I think he's got more of a return and, and we've got more possibility of seeing that sort of like sequel on tv now and the sequel for me the biggest hit here was darth maul returning seeing him in the sequel would have been amazing because i think it was such a underused villain in the live action movies i think everyone agrees with with me on this and i think it's not a it's a popular opinion out there that he should have been the main villain across all of the prequel trilogy it would have been amazing to see it never come to be though and sure we got some good moments from that and he has returned on the, the animated side of things but it just seems a shame that they have that tease for darth maul returning and it never nothing comes to be of it and i, I feel like they will do something i will they will pay it off because it's star wars and I think, you know, they got likes of John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni working there, and they want to pay it off some way, uh, somewhere at some point, even if it isn't in a solo sequel. But yeah, I feel like that is just a biggest, a big opportunity that was kind of like missed. And I think if that movie did well by now, we would have definitely had a solo sequel and Darth Maul would have returned again. And we would have got a lot more Darth Maul for us all. But it never uh, came to be, unfortunately. But Hey ho, we might get it one day. Let's keep our fingers crossed, ladies and gents. But finally, let's get to the fourth and final choice of biggest sequels never made. Big teasers, but no sequel. I'm going to get to Black Adam, released last year in 2022. Uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, starring as Black Adam, the anti-hero, this uh, Shazam supervillain in the comics. And um, he's got all the same powers as Shazam. He wears like the black suit rather than the red suit. He's got the big uh, bolt of lightning on his suit as well. Looks really cool. I mean, The Rock looks the part. And this movie was teased forever. I, I didn't mind the movie. I think it was maybe for a lot of people a bit underwhelming because it was so hyped up as like this big new DC move. And I think everyone thought this was going to be a kind of like the rebirth of the DC universe of movies. It turns out it was the end. <laughs> because James Gunn then then gets hired because the movie doesn't do well and they kind of like say we're going to start off fresh we're going to do the DCU going to be a rebirth a reboot of it all and a new fresh start and the rocks kicked out Black Adam is no more but what did we get at the end of this movie we got Henry Cavill Superman returning after many years off and he returns in this post-credit scene meeting up with Black Adam and he says I think the line is something like uh People haven't felt this nervous in a while. And then he says, like, we, sh- we should talk Black Adam. And then Black Adam's just stirring him down, stirring Superman down. And it's obviously teasing a Superman versus Black Adam movie. Now, I think for me, 
That would have been cool to see. I like Henry Cavill's Superman. I'm still kind of a bit disappointed we never got to see that, but I'm also... I I think it's the right thing to do, resetting it all now and going with a new, fresh start. I think it would have been way better to do, though, having Black Adam more as a villain that didn't have his own movie, but was kind of done very similar to Thanos, because I think The Rock as a villain would have been way better. He's been the good guy in too many movies now. I think he, he would make a great villain. And I think if they made Black Adam just like this bad, seriously nasty character, and it would have worked well, a lot better for me personally. But it's a shame because I think I, I do think at some point in the future they will go back and have these two guys return to the DCU, and I think there will be like a like a multiverse crossover. And I think this is where like it could come in where you have like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's incarnation of Batman in like some sort of a. Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, like a big, big Justice League movie further down the line. But for now, it seems like that door is closed for Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Henry Cavill. Them two characters are, are obviously going to get shelved for now. Uh, but yeah, imagine the sequel that could have been a Batman, not sorry, a, a Superman versus Black Adam movie. Would that have been a big movie? I think it would have been. I think it would have been a big movie. I think if you have Superman in there, it becomes a big movie. It's like if you put a Batman in there, it becomes a big movie. And that would have been a big movie. And it was a big tease for a sequel and for many sequels and a big, wider, expanding universe. Probably one of the biggest sequels in the last couple of years that has never been made and a big tease for a movie that was never made. And yeah, there's plenty of them out there. What are some of your picks, ladies and gents? What are some of the sequels that were never made, the biggest movie sequels that you think should have been made on your list? Let me know your thoughts. But that is the end of today's headline topic. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Case covers take on other case covers. Can you handle the case? Case Cover Collision. Each and every week I choose a different movie or TV show, because today it's going to be a TV show, <laughs> a different TV show or movie, and look at the case covers for that property and put the case covers against each other in a battle to see which one is the best, which one is the winner on case cover collision and compare them all looking at these covers in really, really detail, um, detail inspections each and every week. <laughs> so this week I'm going to be discussing the TV show, The Last of Us, uh, looking at four different case covers for that, uh, a DVD one and four different 4K covers uh, HMV exclusive one as well. Uh, let's just talk about The Last of Us first of all, briefly. I'm not going to get into spoilers because I've been honest with you, I've not seen the ending of it yet. I've only seen, uh, I've only watched a couple of episodes of like, I think about three, three or four episodes in. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it, I just kind of like lost track of, and there was that much to watch over the past few weeks. Um, I've got a few, I've got some time over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to, I've got some like time sort of like um, <laughs> penciled out in the calendar where I'm going to watch all of The Last of Us from the start to finish. I'm going to start fresh, watch that, and watch House of the Dragon finally. Watch all that as well. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyable show from what I've watched of it. Really great show. Never played the video games, but I think it was a really uh, a beloved, beloved video game series. And it, from what I've heard from people, it was really a really well done adaption of that of that game, that video game series as well. So let's look at the case covers for this 
TV show. Uh, first of all, we're going to look at the DVD case cover of The Last of Us Season 1. And the first one, you've got Ellie and Joel, the two main characters here. And they're just kind of... you Joel looking into the distance, looking into like the to the side, and Ellie's looking straight down the camera, looking at something in the distance, maybe, maybe one of the monsters... Uh, and then you've got the, it's very much like a black fade from the left to the right. And then in the distance of the right, you can see like all the sort of like the, the monster sort of weeds on the floor, on the, on the, on the walls. And I don't know what you call it, like the sort of like the plantation of the monsters and stuff like that. Uh, all like the creepy stuff on the walls. Uh, and it looks really, you know, it looks like, looking at this, it looks like horror sort of like a movie or TV show. And it's, you know, I think it's very fitting for what this TV show is. Uh, then underneath the the character of Ellie, you've got in white, bold, uh, big text, The Last of Us. And really, you know, really bold text that really stands out here. You know where it is. And I think a lot of people who, you know, I think this is great for fans of the video games. They see this. And I think straight away, I'm pretty sure this is the same cover as the video game. I may be wrong. I'm pretty sure this is the same cover and they've kind of just done a shot for shot. I may, I may be wrong here, but this is a really good cover. I like it. It's simple, uh, but I think it works for this. It's, it just indicates that it's something creepy going on this in this TV show if you don't know anything about it. And I like the good use of colors here. Very dark, but... Uh, it matches the tone of the TV show. It looks very the colours of use they've used. It's not bright. It's a very dark, gritty show. This and I think it works really well. The colours, the greens in there, uh, I like it. Uh, next up, we're going to go to the 4K, the standard 4K of Last of Us Season One, and this is a very different cover. So we got the the you know, city landscape here. I don't know what city this is. I'll be honest. I've, I've, I'd have to rewatch the show again. And probably uh, very obvious to me which city is, but not at this moment in time. But you're looking here and Ellie's like walking forward and Joel is behind her. They're both looking backwards and you see like a bit, a big long shot of the city landscape, all this decayed city. It reminds me of Planet of the Apes, the TV show where the cities are all just decayed. And it's, you know, there's all like green, greenery all like going up the buildings, loads of buildings destroyed and like half standing and stuff like that. It just looks like a, a world that was just, destroyed and this is obviously a decayed world that is now for 20 30 years on has been ruled by these monsters and it's just been destroyed and um, i like this cover though i think it's a great cover it really again it just shows that this you look at this cover and you think it looks creepy it looks like a horror type show but also it looks like they're living in this sort of like post-apocalyptic world which it is and then you think you kind of get the feel of what you're going to get here it's like these survivors in this world how did he survive? The Last of Us. And it's the same text, again, a bit small this time, in the distance, and it's behind the characters this time, whereas it was at front last time. But i got to be honest, I think this cover works a bit better. I think the lighter colours in there, and just seeing a bit more of the world around it, and seeing that more world that has been broken, adds a bit more bit more punch to this cover. And I really like this cover. I mean, you, you can just see the, the setting of this world here really adds a bit more power to for me as someone who'd want to buy this over the dvd so so far i'm going to go with a 4k standard as my favorite cover so far but we still got two more to look at let's have a look now next at the last of us season one 4k steelbook uh this is very different again and i, I love this when they when creators of artwork for case covers really go in different directions reaching it 
each and every one. This one is very different. It's a black cover, but you've got one of these monsters, the monsters of the show. I think they're called Twitches, I believe. I hope they are. I should have done my notes. I didn't do my notes. But these, well, let's say they're called Twitches. And we've got this similar text behind, but it's all like on one line this time, the last of us at the top of the screen. Black background, but then you've got this squished monster and all like of its brains and stuff all around the, the rest of the screen, the cover. And this is great. And it looks, I think this is a scene in the actual show early on when they look, I think they're going down like a, a tunnel or something and they see one of them just splattered everywhere. And, you, and, and it's dead. But that's just like a tease for the monsters to come and you're just like, wow, that looks horrifying. And I'm surprised they've actually got away with it because it looks quite scary. Imagine like this is not going to be a cover that kids are going to be wanting to look at because it's very, uh, not the nicest cover in the world. But again, it tells you what you're going to get here. It's, it's a horror type show, a science fiction horror type show, creepy show, monsters. I like it, but for me, it doesn't tell you what you're going to get from the human characters here. And it doesn't tell you it's going to be a survival type show. It just tells you there's going to be a big monster in it. So for me, I do like the contrast. I like the black and I like the monster. I think the look is great. But the standard 4K wins through so far. I think the standard 4K beats the Steelbook. I think it's a much better cover. And you're seeing the survivalist. You've seen, you know, you've got two people surviving in this, in this world that has been destroyed uh, 10 times over by these monsters. Uh, so let's go now to the final case cover on case cover collision today. And we go to the last of us. Uh, HMV exclusive 4K um, of season one of The Last of Us. And again, we've got a different look now. We get The Last of Us. Uh, it's uh, down at one of these decayed streets in the city. In the distance, we see very small at the top of the screen, Joel and Ellie uh, walking in the distance and walking in this city. So you don't really get a close-up shot. You can't really see Pedro Pascal here. And I forget the 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 female actress. What What was the female... I can't remember, the girl from, um, what was she in? Game of Thrones, she was. Uh, God, I can't, I can't even think of her name now. But anyway, we see them in the distance, and underneath we see it's kind of like the last of us sort of like painted onto the path, so it's kind of like on a an angle this time. And it's really good because it kind of looks, it adds a like, like 3D look to this this cover, and kind of look, I like the look of it. Uh, again, you've got like the the weaves of the monsters, like the plants, like the underneath all like the the roots of the monsters going up and following them. It's like something's lurking, following Ellie and Joel on this story. And you've got this decayed city again. Uh, very dark colors here, like black. It's very it looks like a very black and white colors, but then you get the weed colors, the roots in like this brown color and a bit of greenery in the top, but not very much. It's a very black and white cover, very minimal color wise here. Now, I do like this cover. I think for me, this is one where it is a very comparable one to the second one, the 4K standard. It shows that, you know, there's two survivors in this world that has been ruined by, you know, what's this monster, this this virus, this, um, this thing in this world. Uh, is it the best cover, though? Is it better than the 4K standard? Well, I'm going to say, for me, the HMV exclusive is good, but... The standard 4K is the best one for me. So today's winner of Case Cover Collision is The Last of Us Season 1 Standard 4K. I think it's great. I think you get a good look at Pedro Pascal and Ellie and Joel, the two main characters here. Uh, it's just seeing that decayed world. You're seeing two survivors. 
survivalist in this world and you're thinking what what's going on in this world what has happened to this world what are these two people doing what is their quest it makes it interesting to me i like the look of it and for me it is the winner of this week's edition of case cover collision now let's move on to the amazon top 10 the amazon top 10 is approaching prepare yourself 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 The Amazon Top 10 has arrived the Amazon Top 10. Each and every week, I give you the best sellers lists for DVDs, 4Ks, and Blu-rays on Amazon.co.uk. So let's look at the best sellers lists, the top 10 for this week, ladies and gents. So at number 10, we have Doctor Who, The Collection Season 9 Blu-ray uh, at number 10, limited edition. Uh, at number 9, we have The Banshees of Insurin. At number 8, we have Living. I don't know what that is, whether it's a movie or a TV show. I think it's a movie by the looks of it. Never heard of that one. Uh, at number seven, we have Call the Midwife Series 12. Not quite something I'd watch, but hey ho, it might be something, you know, it might be up your street. I don't mind. Let me know. Uh, at number six, we have Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That's been in the top 10 for a while now. At uh, number five, we have Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I think that's the biopic, the Whitney Houston biopic. And uh, number four, we have Endeavor on Series 9. Uh, series 9. At number four and number three, we have Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. And number two, we have Elvis on DVD. And at number one, we have, drumroll, The Last of Us Season 1 4K Ultra HD Steelbook. The Steelbook from Case Cover Collision that didn't win is at number one on the Amazon Top 10 for this week. Now, let's move on to the final segment of today's show. So, the final segment of today's show, not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping. This is the part of the show where I discuss what's going on with the channel, uh, what's going on with the Movie Cheer Town community. It's just a general chit-chat at the end of the show. And I just want to say, really, one big thing I want to talk about is uh, last week, I took a week off, but the week prior, we had the awesome show 100 100 episodes of the movie cheer podcast uh began as a saturday movie show but now has become the movie cheer podcast and 100 episodes and we had a big 90s movie collaboration episode i think it was like 11 special guest co-hosts i had with me on that show uh absolutely i had a lot of joy to putting that together um you know Getting all in videos sent in from all the awesome different creators out there and different members of the movie, uh, movie collecting community and movie just fans of movies in general like myself, it was great. I absolutely I had a great time and just again thank you to everyone who who got involved with that episode. Thank you to everyone who's watched that episode, commented, and for, for throughout them all hundred episodes. But yeah, um, I mean plans moving forward. Yeah, I'm continuing just keeping doing the show and more. Like I said. I said at the start of this year, just doing more focus on the podcast, doing more podcasts and um, doing more pay-per-view shows this year. And definitely we'll have more of these big collaboration episodes, hopefully throughout this year as well. Uh, definitely throughout this year in 2023. But yeah, I, I had a great time with that, with that show. And it was, 
I'll be honest, it was one of them big edits where, you know, <laughs> nothing goes right on big edits. It really doesn't. You're doing a big edits and something always goes wrong and I have to re-edit stuff and do things. And sometimes it wasn't like, I, I think it was like, it took something because my computer needed it. <laughs> I need to get a new computer sussed out because this one is slow. Um, but it took forever and then I, I worked out that I did something wrong and it didn't edit quite right. And But you know what? It finally got done. It went out there. People liked it. And you know what? It was it was just great to to look back and think, you know, 100 episodes in the back now. Let's move on for 100 more. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I just want to say again, thank you to everyone in the Movie Cheer Town community for getting involved over the past 100 episodes in the comments and everything. It really does mean a lot. And yeah, I had a great time. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting back this week. I thought, let's take a week off because I thought after the big edit, I need to put my feet up, watch a few films. But I'm so glad to be getting back today and just doing another show. And uh, it's really been great to just get back into it and get back into podding. Get, that's, what I, that's what I enjoy doing. I, I just enjoy chatting about movies. Uh, it's a good, fun hobby to do. Uh, but that's it for not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping. And that's it for another edition of the Movie Cheer podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do give it a like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this on a podcast app of your choice, please do subscribe to the app, to the podcast on the app. Leave a five-star review if you can and send me a link or an image of the review and I will read it out on the show. All reviews and all subscriptions do really help the show to grow even bigger and the Movie Cheer Town community to grow even more so. Uh, but let me know your thoughts on today's show's show topics of biggest movie sequels never made the big movies that had sequel teasers but never did we see a sequel what are some of your picks for that what are some of the movies that you would have liked to have seen made that you think could have been really big big movies um i, I was really happy with my choices and it was really really fun to deep dive into them i feel like this could be a topic that could be a chapter two and a part two further down the line. Let me know if you like this topic. Maybe we will look at doing that pretty soon, a part two of this. But yeah, let me know your choices, ladies and gents. And let me know all of your thoughts on the rest of today's topics on the Movie Cheer podcast. Uh, another great episode, 101 done. Let's get to another, let's get to show 200 and let's get up to 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. That's a big goal for 2023 as well. If you're not subscribed as well, get subscribed and really do, I do appreciate the support as always. But yeah, thank you very much for watching, ladies and gents. Remember to spread a bit of movie cheer and as always, I will see you next time.